0: This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress.
1: We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives.
0: And now the conversation begins. This is episode 143.
1: Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey.
0: And I'm Tara Clays. Today, we're joined by Michelle Thomas. Michelle is a mommy, a marketer, photographer, and a dreamer. She's currently the senior brand manager for Bluehost, and most of her time is spent chasing her tiny terrorist or finding the best tacos in her hometown of Austin, Texas. So glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Michelle, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond what Tara shared?
2: Yeah, I, um, I always laugh when someone else says tiny terrorist because all of my friends find it funny. Um, my son is four and um, we live here in Austin and he's a very rambunctious four-year-old. Um, he's like the epitome of a little, little bitty terrorist. I call him my little ankle biter um, because, you know, I spent a lot of time chasing him around and him jumping on me and... Um, but yeah, I am I was born and raised in Austin, Texas, where I currently live. Um, I currently work for the Bluehost brand. It's been for a few years now that I've been there. Um, been to a ton of WordPress uh, word, word camps and um, spoken at about six or seven of them, I think. And really missing them this year. <laughs> uh, it's been a really a really hard year, you know, after going from ten to fifteen camps to none. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just a a, a little a daydreamer and. Um, I love, I love writing, reading all things, um, all things on the internet, really.
0: Cool. How did you get started in WordPress or tech or uh, WordPress? I guess let's start there.
2: Yeah. So I actually was a user. Um, I used WordPress for a financial services company that I worked for um, about eight years ago. And I used it, you know, just to manage the blog, and then I started working as a contractor um, for a couple of marketing agencies in Austin as well, and I used it again, you know, to manage their blog and and posting and kind of that way. I didn't really understand or really had never even heard about the community behind WordPress um, and the people behind it until I started with Bluehost. Um, I started with Bluehost four months after my son was born. And um, it was a really weird time for me, obviously, you know, there's a ton of hormones going on and exhaustion from not sleeping. And I kind of was like thrown into this world. I didn't really know anything about. Um, I thought I was just going to be managing content. And it turned out that, you know, I was also being invited to camps and, Um, I went to my first camp in Phoenix in October, 2017. Um, and they were like, you should speak next time. And I was like, wait, what? Like me, are you sure? Like, I don't know anything about WordPress. I'm not a developer. I'm not a designer. And they were like, no, anybody can speak about anything. And literally I came back. That was the one year they had a really quick turnaround on their camps. They did October and then February the next year. And I came back in February and I, um, I did content for the modern world and it was all about, Content in in this new age of media and you know understanding your target audience and stuff like that and how it can really impact you. So from there, I've just been like all over the world at camps. Um, last year was my first camp work work camp Europe. Um, was that was my first time there last year in Berlin. It was awesome, amazing experience. Um, but I've been to I guess what four work camp US's at this point and. Um, it's been great. I, I, love, I love being a user. I love helping people learn it. It's part of my job as well. So yeah, it's great.
1: <laughs> so I'm interested now that, that, you're, that you're working with Bluehost. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a provider of WordPress hosting and many other services. Right. And, and given your senior brand manager role at Bluehost, are you actually in WordPress anymore? Are you higher up now that you don't get to log in? You just review and write from further afield?
2: so I actually don't really write that often. Um, I do use WordPress still. So a lot of, a lot of my job, um, it is a newer role. You know, I managed content, WordPress content specifically, um, for the most of the time that I've been at Bluehost. Um, but I kind of think we're at a, at a point where we're having to figure out how do we make products or services that are easier for people who are managing, you know, Multiple WordPress sites, um, web professionals, and people in the WordPress space, you know, in the work and the community. Um, and we actually did come out with a new product uh, recently called Maestro, and it's kind of like an all-in-one solution for like web professionals. So the idea there was like, you know, you no matter who your clients are hosting with, you can kind of go in one place and manage all of them, um, and, and kind of make your life a little bit easier for w, in WP admin. So I write things about our products. I write, you know, content um you know about our products or things that we're coming out with mostly it's like campaigns and um i work with our content team still i still manage content for the most part so um you know we have writers there but i also still use wordpress i was in wordpress today a couple of times so it's not i'm not that far removed yet liam <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i wasn't sure if your team was like oh no she's mo she's getting into wordpress make sure we've hit the backup button before we let her in
2: No. So I actually spent most of my time trying to write content for how to use WordPress for like an everyday user. Um, I don't know if you, in WordCamp US 2019, I think we um, brought our blueprint for beginners, which was like the blueprint to like for beginner WordPress users. And that book was like my first, you know, baby on, you know, teaching people who don't build sites. So I do write about WordPress a lot, but I also use WordPress a lot too.
1: (laughs) I believe you I
2: believe i'm believe. i also a serial domainer so i have like 17 domains and <laughs> i so that's why I, I was actually kind of like when we came out with show, i was like this is actually really nice because i have a lot of domains and going between all these different accounts can get really exhausting um so yeah
0: i think i've heard of people having hundreds of domains so oh, 17 yeah. is not actually that many right
2: thank you i said the same thing <laughs> you feel better it's not everyone makes fun of me <laughs>
0: I finally just let one go this week, actually, because it was a $35 one. And I thought, you know, Not using uh, it yet. I really think I'm going to use that one. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's fair. Yeah. I've had a super... couple of those. <laughs> you get an employee
1: discount on domains?
2: No. <laughs> or is this actually... the
1: way that domains work? Is it all you you pay as you go, just like everyone else?
2: Yeah. I think actually, I think legally everyone has to pay for domains, um, which is why a lot of people don't really have free domain offerings. It's kind of like you get the hosting, but you pay for the domain. So, yeah. Yeah. And most domains aren't not that much, but yeah. It's 12 bucks, um, then domain yeah. privacy, what? 12. But they domain. add
0: up if you have a 100 of them or, you know, whatever. I'm so, mm-hmm.
2: really trying to stop myself. Yeah, I have a new one. idea a day. It seems like that pops up and I'm like, I got about the domain before somebody else gets it.
0: I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do that too. Well, because it's like, okay, $12. So, what's the big deal? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, what's your your background with writing or how, so you I'm, I'm impressed that you went to a WordCamp and I, I mean, I've met other people who have done this, but not in like a six month period of time where you went to a WordCamp and then six months later you were talking to people um, about what you know. Uh, which mm-hmm. there's always a lot of imposter syndrome, especially I know like the first time that you're speaking in front of a crowd and acting like you know what you're talking about. Exactly. And you know, I'm sure you do, but you kind of wonder. And so talk a little bit about that process and how you learned to to be a writer and to to be a marketing focused writer and to talk about it.
2: I think um, I think for me, it was actually pretty simple. You know, from the time I was like, in high school, middle school, high school, I always knew I wanted to be an author. Right. And I kind of took this um, journey of, you know, you can't make money writing my family, you know, you can't make money writing, you got to get a real job, you know? So I I was like, okay, well, I was going to school for finance because I love money, you know, talking about money and helping people organize money and things like that. Um, And I started it and I was just like, you know, as much as I love this thing, this is not like my why, you know? Um and so I switched and I went back to uh media studies, so mass communications and PR and advertising was kind of my focus. And um I think I just always knew I wanted to write. I think the thing that I needed to understand is that anyone can write anything if they understand who they're writing it to or for. Um so if you can identify like who that person is, what their problem is, and how you can solve it it makes it easy. So I think when I went to that first camp, you know, I kind of was, was watching people, you know, talk and um, I was like, I could do this. You know, this is something that scares me. I should run towards it. You know, I should do it. Um, you know, I I've spoken before, but never, you know, at a place where I don't know how many people may come. I don't know how many people will be in this talk versus that talk, you know? So it was really a lot of unknowns for me. Um, I was concerned. My biggest fear actually was the Q and a, because I thought that everyone was going to ask me about, something in WordPress that I didn't know yet um, or didn't understand yet. And it didn't happen that way at all. Everyone wanted to know about SEO. Everyone wanted to know about, you know, how can I get, how can I start ranking? Like, how do I figure out a target audience? Like what tools do I use? And so after that, I was like, this is actually really comfortable. And then I started branching out from not just talking about writing um, or content, but you know, I had to talk about finding the right clients and how that can affect your business long-term. I also sat on the women in WordPress panel and Um, I also had to talk about, uh, setting yourself up to be paid properly, really as a woman in tech, you know? And, um, so I've, I've kind of like allowed myself to, you know, spread my wings a little bit and say, you know, I don't have to just talk about the one thing. We all have multiple things that we understand and that we can share with someone else.
1: There's so much there. Yeah. I just. Something that you said really caught my attention. Uh-oh. Wow, that scares me. I should run <laughs> towards it. I yeah. love that. You are you are amazing. You are. Thank amazing. you, thank you. So I want to I want to go go back again a little bit to Ooh. to your introduction about photography. Yeah, and I have I have dabbled in photography, but it's been years, and it mm-hmm. was never beyond something fun.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And and I went, which you know is a and in and of itself, but tell us about your photography and kind of how you got into it. What do you like to do and, and what, what, what makes you happy in and about photography?
2: Yeah. Thank you. This is actually a huge passion of mine. Um, I don't really talk about it enough. I don't think, but so I, I started with photography when I was in high school. Um, and I learned in the dark room, I didn't understand digital, you know, or anything at the time. Um, so, I loved the idea of seeing nothing and then starting to see an image come out. Um, I originally, when I decided to go to school, I was really torn between photojournalism and, um, you know, media studies or mass communication and stuff like that. It was a really big struggle for me because I I didn't know that I wanted to work for a news station, you know? Um, but I really liked the idea of storytelling and I feel like images do that. And I've just found a way to kind of use that, um, in a new type of business. So basically I am a wedding and portrait photographer. So I shoot weddings and I shoot uh, senior photos like for graduating students and families irregularly. Um, but I also like, I have a whole collection of things I've never shared. And those are the things that I love the most. It's not people. Usually it's animals or nature or, you know, a, a piece of tree bark that was just falling the right way or, you know, things like that. So I really like the idea of like finding beauty and everything. Um, and and just really understanding that, you know, everything has a story behind it. So like when I'm shooting someone's wedding day, I try to find, you know, the storyline of it and use that feral journalism that's in my head, you know, to create like their perfect album, if you will. So that's kind of like what I shoot and, and how I shoot. I try to, you know, stick to real colors and I don't over edit. I like to really focus on what people actually look like on that day um, and, and really just capturing a part of themselves, making them laugh naturally um, having them interact with each other naturally and, and just capturing those moments.
0: You have a lot of creative outlets. It sounds like because it sounds like you have a, you know, a business, more business job now, um, as you've moved up in Bluehost, but you, um, and some tech too, but you, you get to write yeah. and then you get this, this, this photographic outlet as well. Um, yeah where does that come from and where does that fit in? Have you always been a creative person? Have you, um, is it the way that you were raised? Is it something right. that you learned in school? Talk a little bit about creativity and where that, what that means to you.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's innate. I feel like it's something I was born with. Um, my, I wouldn't say my family's super, you know, creative people. My sister is, you know, she's, she's really good with, you know, designing, um, a home or, you know, like flower arrangements. She's really good at stuff like that, creating like, you know, beautiful cards, homemade cards and stuff like that. That's not my style at all. I I don't do any of those things well, Um, but, um, but I kind of liked, I think, I think my biggest struggle was I was always creative. I always knew I was creative, but I think like most creative people, you question yourself and there's a ton of imposter syndrome that comes from like, this is not good enough. This is not, my best work. And so I just won't share it at all. If I literally told you how many novels I've started and ripped them up and started over, because I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Everybody's going like, to be the worst thing ever. And I think like, as I've gotten older, I've just gotten to a point where I'm like, if it's terrible, it's like, it's practice work, right? Like everything that I create is like from a moment that I felt at that time, whether it's good or bad, it's mine, you know, it's, it's my, my moment to share or not share. And, um, I think that it's just like, it gives me a lot of, a lot of peace. I think by seeing something come, especially like things like photography and writing to see like a storyline out, uh, like, you know, kind of unfold or an image kind of come out of nowhere, you know, um, really intentional. I try to be intentional about everything that I do, everything that I write, like what is its purpose? What is the value? You know, that kind of thing. I do still get to be really creative actually in my job um, outside of writing. You know, I do a lot of video, um, directing and, um, getting to know our customers and like telling their stories, which is something that I really, really love to do. Um, so I, I get to share it. I get to do it in a lot of different ways. I'm actually surprised. I'm not like an over in creative overdrive where I just like can't create anymore because I'm doing it everywhere for myself at work, you know, um, with my kid, you know, how do we, you know, make a new puzzle for you today, you know, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, yeah I was going to ask right. you,
0: yeah, I was going to ask you how being a mom fits in because you, you know, you added that to your introduction and I appreciate that a lot and, yeah. and chatting about your little boy uh, and, and how that fits into your, your creativity. Certainly it can, it can inspire it, I'm sure, but also at times you know you're probably exhausted.
2: <laughs> oh, most of the time I'm exhausted, but I, you know what, I think when I had him, the thing that pushed more creativity forward was just seeing, and I think anybody who's like a parent or around children can see this, like when you're around kids, especially little kids, they start, you start noticing how they notice everything in the world. And it's such a big deal. And you're like, it's just a cloud, like, you know, and then you start to really sit back and think like, wow, how, do, how have I overlooked this cause every day? How have I not noticed that that tree does that thing Or and so I think he, I think he helped me to slow down a lot and to start taking in more things and appreciating, you know the things that are like miraculous to him and like seeing that light in his eyes, when he sees something new, just like kind of inspires me and it makes me realize like that's how people are. Even adults can feel like that. You know, when they see something new or they feel a new feeling or like they see, you know, some video or some photo that really ignites something in them. And I think that that's what I try to hold on to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that, and thanks for talking yeah. about creativity. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I feel like I've gotten less creative over time because I do it for work. So I think having mm-hmm. that sort of as your side thing that you keep as part of your life is is really important to do right. when you when you turn your passion into your career. People say mm-hmm. that's a great thing to do. I think the create it, it's hard to maintain the passion for the creativity though when it comes to that. So.
2: Yeah. That's why you you have to have your own projects. Yeah. If you're only doing it for money, you'll never, if you're only doing it for money, you'll never, you'll never, you'll get burned out pretty easily. I think so.
1: I I think I'd agree with that. And this seems a good way to segue into a Mm -hmm. question about success. Ah. And Michelle, I wonder if you can share with us your definition of success and maybe there's a professional definition for you. Maybe it's personal, maybe for you it's a mix of both. How do you define success, Michelle,
2: yeah, I'd say, um, I feel like success is relative. I think where people's values lie, that's what they, you know, deem to be success. I think for me, success looks like waking up every day, um, and not feeling exhausted. Um, in the sense that like, I'm dreading doing the things that I have to do, you know? Um, I think success feels like peace. Um, it feels a little bit like, like, um, stress relieving a little bit, if you will. I think, I think it looks, I think success to me is like, obviously there's a financial part of it where, you know, I can take care of my family. I can do the things that I need to do, but am I passionate about what I do? Do I understand my why? Do I understand like why I'm doing, why I'm doing the thing? Um, And am I being able to be pushed forward constantly? Because I feel like we're always, you know, we can become stagnant if we're doing the same thing, if we're surrounded around the same environment. Um, But I really, feel like if you can constantly be pushed forward and you're not dreading doing the things that you need to do or want to do then i feel like to me that's peaceful and it, i would i would define that as success for me
1: yeah i like that thank you for sharing that yeah it strikes me a question popped in my mind as you were talking was that sense of you shared and I'm going to paraphrase very badly but as long as I'm moving forward as long as I'm feeling up for the challenges as long as I'm waking up with energy to to go about the day and meet meet the challenges I'm successful how do you discern between just you know you're up late with your son so you're Mm -hmm. tired versus this is not success this is not where I need to be how do you how does Michelle start to think about and address that?
2: So I'm very big on um, your gut. Like your gut tells you everything you need to know, whether you're stressed, you know, somebody makes you uncomfortable. Like my gut tells me everything. Um, I I think I am just really in tune with myself to say, you know, I'm clearly tired, right? Like I didn't sleep well, this happened, you know, X, Y, or Z happened. I think it it comes down to, when I start like there are moments when you wake up and you'll feel exhausted. Maybe I didn't say that the right way, really, but you wake up and you'll feel tired or, or exhausted or like, yeah, no, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, not yeah. like a one you know, right. you're up late right. and therefore
1: you're physically tired, but it's a kind right. of emotional and, and all that comes with it.
2: And, and to be honest, even when you're when, even when you love your job or love what you do every day, whether it's you know a job or not um, you can still feel emotionally tired. Right. Like, so even if it's not that you didn't rest, there's still, you know, emotional things that are happening within you that make you, you know, kind of exhausted or whatever. I would say that for me, it comes down to like, when I start doing the work, do I get the energy that pushes me? That's also how I read people, right? Like I want to be around people that when I start talking to them, I feel renewed and I feel like more energy, than I did before I started. And so I feel like work is the same way. Like when I start doing it, like can I get into a groove and and start feeling more comfortable with it? Or do I still feel like, man, this is too hard. I don't want to do this today. Or, and there's always days like that, but when majority of your days are that way, I feel like that's a sign that you're not doing what you should be doing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I love your energy and your perspective on, uh, sort of moving forward and energy, I can sense that I get a lot of energy from you too. So um, I'm glad you're here to share that with us. How, how do you work with your local community, your local WordPress community? Uh, you're, you're in Texas, right?
2: I am. And we're in Austin and there's not a, a lot of, there's not a huge community here. Um, we do have WP Engine here as well. Um, so they're really, you know, strong into it. Our, our team, um, I don't know if you either of you have met Devin Sears, but of he's actually, okay, of <laughs> course. I, I thought so. I mean, I've seen both of you around as well, but uh, so he's our field marketing manager. So he actually organized um, work Austin this year. And, and, and in all honesty, I think being here makes it harder. When I go to a camp, it's easy for me to be super involved. But when I'm at home, it's like, you know, family ties and you know, all the things that you have to do at work. And it gets really hard for me to do that. I've gone to a few meetups, but I haven't really been able to really like cement like a a place here. Um, And I don't think it's anything to do with the people or anything like that. I think it's just when you're in your element, sometimes you go through the motions and you kind of, when I step out of that and I go to a camp, go away to a camp, I feel, I don't feel the guilt, like the mom guilt of, you know, being away from my child or, Uh, you know, or not doing the things. I need to clean my house. You know, I didn't do that tonight. So I got to go home, you know? So I I won't say that I have a really strong tie here. um, But but I think they're great. I think they've done great work here. Um, I hate that we didn't have a camp last year, but I'm glad that we were able to bring it back this year.
0: Yeah. Um, is is your job remote? Or I mean, maybe right now it is for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right now it's remote. We do have an Austin office. That's where our marketing team sits. Um, but we've been home since like the first week of March, and we don't really have any plans to go back for at least another year. So.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. A year.
2: It'll be yeah. a while. I think they're trying to you know play it really safe, which I we all appreciate. Um, and there's really not a need. We have, you know, six offices worldwide. Um, so we're on calls with different offices everywhere. And so yeah. really, I mean, you just go in the office to hop on a call with someone else. Um, so it really, it really works for us. I think our productivity is still up to par, if not better, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was WordCamp Austin, was that the virtual one they had where they had the people playing music in yeah. between? Yep. I think I peeked into that one.
2: Yeah, it was the music.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Cool. I mean, it only makes sense for Austin, right? Live music capital of the world. That's why
0: it stood out to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I I, don't really, um, I don't, I don't have the attention span for Zoom word camps, but that one intrigued me. So I did check right. it out. Is it also one where they had like the rooms you could go in? Yes. Yeah. There was that yeah, rooms. Yeah, it, was yeah, it was very advanced. Yeah. It's very fancy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Zoom fatigue is real this year. It's very real. (laughs) It is. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's Well, I mean, people are making the most of it, for sure.
2: Absolutely, yeah. But,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I want to get to the real heart of the matter here. Kind of go back to what what we started with. Okay. The best tacos in the hometown of Austin, Texas. Mm,
2: Tacos.
1: Calling you out on it, Michelle. What do you got for us?
2: Oh, man. I feel like I'm going to get, everybody's going to, told me for this man. If I, if I say the wrong answer. Okay, it depends on what you're eating. I like a place um up the street for me for breakfast. And it's called um El Rincon. I
1: that it's breakfast. We're breakfast get lunch tacos, and dinner. Oh, this is breakfast great. Breakfast tacos are great. our
2: breakfast tacos are our thing. Okay? Like you got to love the breakfast tacos. We also like I hate to say we have so torchies is really popular here. Um so is Taco Deli, but Tortis is like really really popular in Austin. Um, I love Torchy's, uh, trailer park taco. So it's like fried chicken with avocado and queso and lettuce and tomato. It's a whole thing. It's great. (laughs) It's amazing. So I will say, I will say I like Torchy's for like that kind of thing. Um, but there's also a lot of really small taco shops that are just, I don't even know all their names to be honest, taco trucks that are just really good. Yeah. Are you born and raised there? I was, I'm one of like, probably 20 left <laughs> and, and 19 of them are my family <laughs> uh, you don't have that
0: Texas accent as Austin as Austin um, agnostic on the accent are they uh... I,
2: everyone tells me that I, I feel like there's an accent here but I I guess I didn't I didn't realize I didn't have it so I'll take it I'm, I'm international no one knows where I'm from <laughs> that's right, you
0: know, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, now we know where to go when we come to Austin for tacos. So thank you for that advice. Now I'm going Absolutely. to ask you for some other advice. Oh. We ask our guests to share with us uh, some advice that they've received and implemented into their lives that they can then pass along to people who are listening.
2: Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to say um, this is a hard one because I I initially want to go for something that like my grandmother, or my mom or somebody's told me. But I'm actually going to go with something that I actually did not talk to someone about. Um, It's something that I read before, and it made me um, completely change the way I viewed um, myself, and it basically talks about, um, like, whenever opportunity presents itself, like, there's always going to be a cloud of uncertainty or fog of uncertainty with it, Um, so this is kind of, like, where I, I, I kind of combine that with everything that's beautiful or um, great is on the other side of fear, right? So I take those two things and say that like when something is still scary or uncertain, that's usually when opportunity comes up, right? And you can kind of rise to the occasion or you can back down from it. Um, so a lot of times I walk myself into positions that I'm not qualified for. And I don't mean necessarily in work, but I just mean in life, right? Like I try to find things that are bigger than me, and I'm like, I'll grow into it, right? Like, I'll just grow into it because if it's not it is not scary, if it's not uncertain, then that means I'm probably just being too comfortable. Um, and so I would say that that's kind of like the, the thing that's always driven me to like push myself forward.
1: I like a lot of what you say, Michelle.
2: Like <laughs> Thank lot. you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Something about that, which is truly beautiful is on the other side of fear. Yeah. I like that, I'm going to go towards things that scare me. I'm going to go towards things that are bigger than me. That's, uh, I yeah. like you. Thank you for spending time with us today. This, <laughs> is, this, is, oh, yeah. this is wonderful.
0: I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. It's good advice. It's very hard, very hard to uh, absorb that, right? I think, but it's, it's very important. And, you know, as a mom to raise your child, to have that attitude as well as is good because I think you can get overwhelmed with social media on how Mm -hmm. you, how you don't measure up. So that's really good is to, is to have the confidence to go for things that aren't comfortable. So thank you for sharing that.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah. How do you head check yourself on that? Right. Inevitably when we try to take on something that is above where we are right now as Mm
2: -hmm. people,
1: we're going to slip and fall at some point, right? Absolutely. Stub our toe or slam our elbow into something. How do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? How do you figure out for you? This is just a slip up versus, Oh, this is not the mountain I need to climb.
2: Right. Right. I, um, I think the biggest thing is like to understand your capacity. Right. So there's something about saying, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to run towards things that scare me. I you can't do everything. Right. And I think that when you stop taking things personal, Um, even failures, which I like to call practice rounds, right? Like, um, you take your practice round and it's like, you know, I could take this personal and say that I wasn't good enough. I didn't, I'm, this is not what I'm good at, or I should have done better. But if you really focus on, like, I have the capacity, if I really feel within myself that I have the capacity to do this, then I really just need to put in the work, put in the focus, put in the, the, the drive that I really need to be successful. Do I need and an understanding when you need to ask for help, right? Like whether that be a mentor or, you know, even, I mean, i really feel like it's really easy these days because you don't have to have a personal mentor anymore. You can go on the internet and find, you know, a hundred Ted talks that inspire you. You can, you know, call your mom and say like, tell me I'm beautiful. Like, tell me I'm great. Like, you know, like there's so many ways for you to, to get like that ego boost that you kind of need to push forward, but understanding your capacity and not taking things personal, even, even your practice rounds.
0: Wow. What a great connection. I never thought about that that way before that, as it taking me personally, what a great yeah. thing to move on from failure, right. And not beat yourself right. up, beat yourself up for it. And, and yeah, think that, that you can't, um, that you can't keep going. So right. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And speaking of keeping going, we can't keep going because our time is up. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, I enjoyed it. (laughs) It's
0: been been wonderful to chat with you and to meet you. And uh, I'm so glad you joined us today. Where can people find you online?
2: I am most available on Twitter, um, just at Michelle Thomas. My name is spelled a little more complicated than most. So it's at M-A-C-H-I-E-L-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S, at Michelle Thomas on Twitter. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Michelle. What a pleasure getting to know you. Really appreciate your time today.
2: You as well. Thank you. Bye. I can't wait to see you guys in real life. <laughs> I know. Me ditto, too. Ditto.
1: We're going to come right. to WordCamp Austin. Thanks for Austin. listening to can't the show. Tacos. Tacos. We sure have enjoyed it, can enjoy I it. I would to you Can't wait.
2: If you like yeah, what we're, we're
0: doing taco here, tour. <laughs> meeting new people in our WordPress community, bye. Bye, everybody. we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at HallwayChats.com.
1: Better yet. Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.